Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Since 2012, Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance and I have been airing inspiring, insightful conversations with all kinds of change agents who are raising the vibration on our planet. It's the intention of this show to, well, explore possibilities and shift perspectives in holistic spiritual ways. You'll hear how these experts discover and share their deepest passions to make a bigger difference in the world. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play. And please rate the show so other people can find us too. We'll introduce today's guest in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. <laughs> the funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate geek to english for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with techlifebalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. Thank you so much for your patience today with the show because as sometimes happens with conversations with high vibrational beings who bring in things like crystals and other high vibrational things, we get skips and blurbs and gurks and gips and all kinds of strange technology sounds with that. So you'll hear some of that in today's show. I've done my best editing to minimize it, but I believe that you will find the content well worth your patience through that. We've just got a gem with us today. But first, I want to remind you that on our website at journeyofpossibilities.com, you can take a look at our latest fall digital magazine, absolutely free, and subscribe for our next one coming out in January. Our next theme is channeling divine guidance. We talk all about different ways to access spiritual guidance in our lives. You're really going to like that. Again, that one's coming out January 1st. You can subscribe right there where you read the last one at journeyofpossibilities.com. Crystal Kia Paul loves to share oneness through the richness of her Hawaiian culture, which she explains is an offspring of Mew. 
One of Crystal's favorite class offerings is Lemuria Mystery School, a fifth dimensional awakening class. She is a reverend, motivational spiritual speaker, author, certified life coach, and practitioner. You'll find her online at alohacrystal.com. Aloha, Crystal. Aloha, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here today. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. I think it's intriguing right off the bat that you're in Hawaii. What a very high vibrational place. Did you grow up there? Are you a native? I am native Hawaiian. However, I did not grow up here in Hawaii. I grew up all over the world. My dad was in the military, so we traveled extensively. Well, that must have been an interesting childhood. How did that help to prepare you for the life that you've gone into now? It taught me a lot of different things. Um, Compassion, understanding. My mother taught me one of the To me, it's one of the funniest things and craziest things. But my mother is, her first language was Spanish. She is native Texan. And so there's so many different dialects that people speak. And sometimes people are hard to understand. So one of my greatest gifts is listening and understanding when people speak or making a bigger effort to understand what what they're trying to communicate as opposed to just taking it for granted or thinking that they're um, ignorant because they're not speaking American English. That's such a gift. I think just the listening piece. I mean, so often it's hard to even feel heard. We live in such a busy, noisy world that we don't feel like we're listened to and heard. So that right there is a precious gift. Absolutely. And growing up in a Hawaiian home, the philosophy is we tell you one time to do something. And if you don't do it the first time, you tend to get in trouble. And as my parents' problem child, per se, I would have to debate why or how, but it taught me to listen, to pay attention. If I didn't understand, ask questions. So that way my task would get completed to their satisfaction. So because of my wonderful parents' I always ask questions in a in multiple ways to make sure that I understand my clients that I'm working with and that also people understand what I'm asking for when I need something. That's wonderful. That's a great skill to have. As I alluded in the introduction, with words like Mew and Lemuria, this may not be a mainstream conversation for some people. So I'd like to go ahead and address those because people may be wondering, what on earth is she talking about? So for those that are unfamiliar, what is Mew and the Lemuria Mystery School? Can you fill in some of that backstory where that became real for you and what that means? Absolutely. Um, And we pronounce it Moo, like Moo the cow. Oh, I apologize. No worries. But and I've heard it pronounced mu before, but in Hawaii we pronounce it moo like moo the cow. So that way um there's you know, and there's not really any wrong way in saying it, but most but in Hawaii if you talk to people about moo, they will tell you they will understand. Lemuria for for many is an illusion or a dream or such as Atlantis that you know, it may have happened. It may not have happened with Hawaiians. We know it happened. We know that we come from Lemuria. Let me back up just a little further in our Hawaiian creation chant. It tells us that we come from Makali'i, 
which is the solar constellation or the star system, excuse me, the, of the Pleiades. When the people of the Pleiades came back in, in the beginning of Earth's time, they set up this place called Lemuria of perfect paradise where there were oceans within within land as opposed to how we have the earth now where there's land and then oceans it was opposite of what we have now and it was perfect paradise there were no wars it was a constant love we communicated by thought our thoughts and our actions happened instantly because of our gift of what we call lightning dreaming in the Lemuria Mystery School, our thoughts through the telepathy. And so as Lemuria began to dissolve because of outside forces and influences being other people coming to our planet, the people from Lemuria took the information put it in crystals, planted them all over the world. They also left some of the information within what is known as the ring of fire. So if you've ever done any traveling, you will see that the headdress that the Tibetan monks wear is very similar to the ancient ones of Hawaii. So the knowledge is was scattered within the Polynesian Japanese, Tibetan environments. It was not all just kept one place. There is a lot of the information in Hawaii that has been coming out gradually over the years, just a little bit at a time, because if too much floods market at one time, it can be a little overwhelming and a little too far-fetched for some people to understand. So the information is just disseminated slowly as humans can process it because of the way we're raised in our belief systems that we have now. Originally, it was called Lemuria. And as Hawaiians, we know that we come from Mu and that we're just a heartbeat away from it all. That was such a wonderful explanation. Thank you for that. I actually have a little Mu, Mu, uh, we call it Mu here, but a Mu statue in my house. And I'm quite familiar with this, but I'm not sure that all of our listeners are. So I appreciate you bringing that through. We've also had a couple of guests talk about different books about the Palladians and Pleiades and what their, mis- their, what their mission was in coming to Earth. So there is some foundational work in the archives of this show, but I felt like with this being your subject, that you could really bring a lot of light to it. And so there's also crystal skulls. I I love the work with the crystals. I do a lot of work with the crystals and the information that they hold. And you've also worked with a crystal skull, right? Can you tell us a little about what that's about? Oh, yes, absolutely. I have been blessed to uh, co-host with my friend Kendall Williams here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We um, host once a year. Joanne Parks and Max the Crystal Skull. And he is one of the most amazing anomalies that I have come across in my whole being. But um, he is an anomaly. He's made of five different crystals. We do not have the technology in the 2000 years from Christ's time to now 
to make a crystal skull like him. And the information that he has to share with people is whatever information that they need to work with. It's amazing. If you need healing or understanding or third eye uh, inspiration, it's there. Whatever you're needing, he's there to help you become the best at whatever it is you're wanting to do. He helps you to inspire you to take action to do what you need to do in your life. And since I met Max and Joanne about eight years ago, I have bought a few crystal skulls. I have them all over my home, as well as um, crystals in general to work with. And my husband, who appreciates what I do, sometimes doesn't understand everything. And he still has his own issues of wrapping it around his head on whether it does work or doesn't work. But I will tell you that he carries his own red tiger eye crystal skull everywhere he goes. (laughs) (laughs) So he's getting it at some level, isn't he? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Well, I have a um, ocean blue obsidian skull that I keep on my headboard. And my youngest, well, my youngest dog, she loves to kiss it goodnight. So when we all go to bed, I yes, I am that dog owner that the dogs sleep in the bed. She will come up and just lick, lick, lick. And um, the name for this particular skull, her name is Pu'uvai, which means heart in Hawaii. And she just loves the energy. And as a matter of fact, that's who I'm holding on to while we're doing this interview. And um, the ocean blue obsidian is also known as the Gaia Stone. And it comes from the Mount St. Helens volcanic ash. That sounds amazing. Well, since we have this skull with us in this conversation, is there anything coming through to be shared? The message from, and part of the reason why I I carry Pu'uvai when I do interviews or when I'm doing this kind of work is because she is very chatty, one, and two, (laughs) (laughs) she loved, and she loves being touched. So I usually take her with me everywhere. She's been to Texas, to um, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Mount Ida, Arkansas. Um, Everywhere I go, she's one that goes with me, and she's about a three-pounder crystal skull. But her message is that of believing in yourself, love yourself first, and everything else will work itself out. Isn't that true? And we complicate the heck out of that, don't we? (laughs) Absolutely. We forget that, you know, we don't have to worry or fret, you know, because those are negative and low-lying vibrations. But if we just continue to trust and believe that everything's going to work out, and granted, we'd like to know what that looks like on the grand scheme, but spirit's the only one that has the answer for that. But we have to, I describe it this way when I talk with people, we all have this flow chart in our life. And if we go to the right, then we have a choice. Is there a door to the left or to the right? You know, or do we just stay still? Those are options, right? And so every time we make a turn this way or that way, it changes what we do. And how and changes the outcome. And if we just wanted everything to stay the same, then, you know, we should have chose 
a different life to to come into. <laughs> we because this life is all about adventure, living, trusting, believing, loving, and when we return back to the other side, comparing notes with our buddies, going, do you know that I rode on the dragon to a hundred miles an hour like a crazy person? <laughs> which, which I don't think anybody's ever done that, but it just sounds like a good story. So that's what our life is, is about, is these stories and these messages and these learning lessons. And some of them, they're dreadful. But at the end of the day, they're for us to help others, to teach others on how to live and not to live. How does all of this fit in with the Lemuria Mystery School? This, I, I sense that there's this Lemurian foundation to everything that you do. What is that connection? How does that manifest for us now in 2017 and forward? Well, how it manifests in the Lemuria Mystery School, like I said, I was very blessed because I walked into the, walked into that mastery. I was in Kona at the time I was living in Texas and I was in Kona visiting a friend who introduced me to Leilani DeCoco and she was teaching this class and I wanted her to come to Texas and I wanted her to come and teach and she said no not at this time I I'm I have other obligations but I want you to take it back with you to Texas to teach and I thought I can't teach this why are you having me teach this as we talked several months I went back to Hawaii to take the class all three levels and so I could teach this and to bring the information forth for others I realized that she and I our lives had parodied each other there's just a lot of things between her and I that are very very similar and when I was going through the class I kept telling her you know I'm not sure I'm qualified to teach this class you know that's that doubting Thomas and she said no no she goes you, you know, you like me being Hawaiian, we have to get the message out to the world that we have to keep our vibration at that higher level. That was part of the demise of Lemuria. When we allowed these other people to come to the planet because their planet was um, being destroyed, they came in with doubt and negativity and all of the lower vibrations that we experienced. And so we, as Hawaiians, when we say, oh, we're sharing aloha, that is part of the Lemuria. That is part of Mu. That is part of Makali'i, of the Palladians, that unconditional love, that everything is just as it's supposed to be. And when we share love, that deepest connection of ourself with others, then Everything feels better. Everything seems better. And everyone around you wants to be around you. But as the saying goes, misery loves company. You know, if you're sowing the seeds of doubt and misery, then that's all you're going to have. But if you keep your vibration at that higher level and sharing that unconditional love with yourself first and then with others, because if it's bouncing off of you, it has nowhere else to go but out. 
And as you continue to share it with everyone else, it helps not only you, but your loved ones, people that you work with, the planet, and the universe. It's unconditional. What about when life gets in the way and we struggle to find our way back to that for ourselves. In other words, I think many people listening probably know that space, but get sidetracked by the distractions of this world. And whenever we realize that we've allowed ourselves to lose touch with what matters and we want to get ourselves back here, what are your favorite practices to restore yourself back to what I call truth, which is what you've been describing? Right. In the MOOC class, we call it coming back to center. In that particular class that I took, the first class, I had met a friend in this class. I made a friend. His name's Shane. And you know that sound that a rubber band makes when you pop it against your arm and it goes, well, pop. Yeah. That is what we call the, you know, remembering to get back to center is the pop because everything happens simultaneously and not at all, right? Because if you go with a string theory and all the different theories that are out there that time only exists on this plane and nowhere else and it's multidimensional and all and none incorporated in one depending on which belief system um, you follow or think about. So if you take that rubber band, the imaginary rubber band and, you know, snap it so that way it gets you back to center and we'll pop. So every now and then, he and I, and amongst others that were in the class, we will have we'll pop moments and tag each other and go, oh my goodness, you know, I cannot believe how third dimensional I was because that's what is now the reality of things going wrong or going bonkers, you know, um, didn't get my paycheck on time, my hours were cut, my car broke down you know, my spouse is cheating on me, my, you know, just life in general, all these things that happen, right? Nothing that you did made them happen. (laughs) Nothing that you thought out seriously made them happen. Maybe, you you know, you might've contributed to them, but, you know, purposefully, no, we didn't, you know, we didn't wish our spouse to cheat on us, our car to break down, the dog to run away, you name it, any of those Uh, country western songs you know kind of a parody there but if you just take a moment and stop and breathe and realize okay so this happened what am I going to do to change it we all have the ability to change and create the life we want to create so what do we have to do to do that so some of my practices besides hitting that imaginary rubber band and going full pop is When things get crazy, I will clean house. I don't care if I just cleaned house yesterday, I'm going to clean house because I'm moving energy. That's a whole purpose. If you're frustrated, you know, move some energy, move it in a positive way. Cleaning house always makes room for more stuff to come into your life, whatever you're looking for. Some other things, obviously meditation And I know your listeners are probably thinking, I cannot meditate at work. I promise you, if you take five minutes, go to the bathroom, wash your hands, maybe wash your face, freshen up, sit in the bathroom for just a few minutes and just breathe and breathe in love, 
Breathe in aloha. Breathe in that feeling. Whatever that comfort zone is when you do your meditation, just breathe it in. You don't have to have an hour of solid guided meditation. You guys can do this. It's very simple, I promise. We all have that happy place. Just take a few minutes to breathe in your happy place. It will make all the difference in the world for you. That's great guidance. And sometimes, of course, bigger things happen. And it it takes more, it seems like, than a few breaths to get back there, you know, when we lose a very close loved one. As we move through those layers of grief or whatever, then we can kind of lose ourselves in that for a while. But those are great, like, daily practices. Do you have any bigger guides for, like, those harder times? Oh, absolutely. I'm going through that now. My dad has been in and out of a hospital, rehab, nursing home, long-term since April of this year. So, yes. And there's days that I feel like, you know, as a family which means that since I'm the eldest, all the burdens are placed on me. Um, Have I made the right decision? Have I made the wrong decision? Am I doing the right thing for his highest and greatest good? Am I just extending his life because I can? You know, what, what am I doing here? You know, how did I get this position? And being the eldest and the joke is the favorite, I've, you know, walked into this. However, the biggest lesson that I've learned, and I, I turned 55 this year. I was super excited about turning 55. Oh, my God. I was, I hope I can say this on air. If not, you can delete it, but orgasmic about turning 55 <laughs> years old. 55. The number five is all about change, right? So I was super excited because I knew this year was my year. Everything was going to go my way just because that's what I set my intention for this year when the new new year came in um and i do what people know is the chinese new year not the traditional january to december new year and set out my intention wrote out my my commands of what i wanted for my life everything and then my dad got sick and my life has not been my own since april i am living on somebody else's life i promise And as I'm struggling with all of these things, because there was three different times that my father nearly died. And as I'm struggling with these decisions, because on top of this, I have an 81 year old mom too. my dad, my mom and dad are both 81 years old and she's not ready to let him go. They've been married 57 years. So what do I do? What I always do, I stop I breathe. I take care of me. I had friends concerned because I was not getting much sleep when he was at the long-term care hospital. I lived with him and my mother at the hospital for two and a half months. And I was getting catnap sleeps an hour here, two hours there, three hours there. And my friends were, Crystal, you cannot be burning the candle at both ends of the stick. And I said, you guys don't get it. I practice what I preach. When I think it's going bad, I stop. And I pay gratitude to Keakua, Hawaiian word for God. I pay gratitude to Na Kupuna, Hawaiian words for the ancestors. And I pay, pay gratitude to Na Amakua, my spiritual guides. Whenever it got really weird and freaky, I would take a towel or a blanket, go sit outside, and have a long conversation with Keokua 
Am I doing the right thing? I need a sign. I need you to give me the guidance that I am taking the path I'm supposed to be taking, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And through it all, the signs were weird and unusual. They were not the, because for me, the big joke is just write it on my wall because I have a wall next to my bedroom. I mean, next to my bed that's blank, that has nothing on it. And so I always ask them, just write it on that wall. There is nothing on there. Just (laughs) put it in black ink so I can see what it is. What do you want me to do next? But the messages I received when I take that five minutes to go meditate, get out of the hospital environment and think about what I'm doing and the difficulty in these different procedures my dad was having to go through and my watching my mom with the love of her life, the only man she's ever been with, ever known, going through this. And through it all, it built a stronger bond for myself and my parents. It's made them a little more dependent on me, which is kind of funny because I never thought that day would come that the roles would be switched, which all my friends that had um, older parents, you know, and have already gone through this, they would tell me, wait, the day will come. It's going to switch. But I did, you know, and I would go to bed every night doing what Dr. Wayne Dyer said. When you go to bed at night, think about five things you're grateful for that day. It can be the same five things or it can be different five things. But every night I went to bed grateful that I did have another day with my mom and dad. There's so many of my friends and my classmates their parents are already gone, that they wished for one day that they could have them back. So through all the trials and tribulations that I have gone through the last seven months with my folks, one thing that has been the biggest blessing and the biggest turning point is that with the gratitude that I've been feeling for the things going right, the things going wrong, that I still have my parents. They still drive me crazy. But I've developed a different kind of relationship with them, and I've developed a a good relationship with my brother, which was not there before. So all of the crazy stuff that happened brought all this good stuff that happened. And I had to realize that, hey, it's not as bad as it seems. It could be worse. When I experienced September 11th, that sucked me in like nobody's business. I was afraid to go out of my house. I was afraid of my shadow. And that's when a friend of mine reminded me of my greatness and brought me into reconnecting with my spiritual self by having me take her Reiki one class. And when I realized that I have no control what other people do, I only have control with myself and my connection to Keakua, to spirit. As far as Lemuria, let me just add this. You know, we've, t- we've heard people talk about law of attraction and manifesting and creating. Sometimes we expect that big lottery walk on water. Wow. And we have to realize that sometimes the greatest gifts are just the littlest gifts. Someone's showing you a little bit of kindness with paying it forward and buying a cup of coffee for you or buying your meal, any time that you have no money coming out of your pocket, you manifest it. Consider yourself a manifesting king or queen, because 
that's how manifesting starts. And when you start realizing that those little things that you do to create abundance for yourself creates abundance for others. And when your thoughts are manifesting, oh, I want to manifest this, it doesn't matter what it looks like in your head because Kenku is always, always going to provide you with what you need when you need it. And it's going to be far superior than you could ever imagine because we're not taught to imagine and dream bigger. When my husband hooked up with me 27 years ago, he thought I was crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Because I tell him, dream bigger. Dream bigger. Because our imagination is so limited by our thoughts and our belief systems that we grew up with. With the Lemuria, anything is possible because it is. Just manifest it. Well, you've also touched several times on gratitude and the role of gratitude, the importance of gratitude in staying centered, in finding happiness in our life. And it is a recurring theme. The more grateful we are, the more we have. And we have so much that we don't even stop to recognize and be truly thankful for. Absolutely. I see on Facebook people do the November challenge of, you know, today I'm grateful for. What happened the other 330 days? Exactly. You know, why are we just grateful in, <laughs> in November, in Thanksgiving? Yeah. You know? It's a wonderful journaling practice to just do gratitude every day. And I've been in a lull lately where I find myself disappointed because I come out of these really high active seasons and initially I'm grateful for the pauses in life, but then if they go too long, I find myself getting bored or what I perceive as too long. And this show is really bringing me back to, it's time to go home and take that gratitude another notch up. I've done this before and it's profound what happens when I go from being thankful for the big stuff that I tend to remember to be thankful for and take my gratitude to the level of but what about what led to that? And what about the stuff underneath that? And gratitude can go in some really interesting directions as its own activity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a client that I have to share because they were so stuck in their ego and where they were at in the third dimension that I use them as an example all the time. I give them this exercise of when you go to bed, you know, write down five things that you're grateful for. Crystal, you, you have lost your mind. I have nothing to be grateful for. Nothing is going wrong, going right. Have you not been listening to me for the last 45 mi minutes? My life absolutely sucks. And I go, that's why I need you to sit down and write five things that you're grateful for. You're just not getting this, Crystal. I, I don't even know why I'm paying you. And I'm, I, I, I promise you, I am getting this. And I, and so I had to ask her, can you walk? She goes, yeah. I said, do you know how many people have no legs or do not have the ability to walk that they would be grateful to have legs or the ability to walk with their legs? She looked at me like I was cuckoo. So then I asked her, do you have arms and fingers and toes that work? She goes, well, yeah, yeah. Crystal, what, you know, th this is dumb. I said, no, it's not dumb. These are things that we especially as Americans, take for granted. And I told her, you know, did you not tell me that a few days ago you flipped somebody off? 
I said, do you know, some people do not even have that finger so they could flip somebody <laughs> off. And I said, can you see? I said, you have two beautiful children that you love and adore. I said, you've got arms to hug them. You've got eyes to see them. You've got lips to kiss them. These are things that you can be grateful for. Mm-hmm. But my life still sucks. I says, because you're not appreciating the little things. Mm-hmm. You know, we take it for granted. We hear a tragic story on the news of a child or a this or a that or a friend or a loved one that loses somebody. But instead of appreciating them in the moment, in the here and the now, or picking up the telephone to say, hey, just thought about you, checking in on you. Are you doing okay? No, we don't take those gratitude, those little things. We take them for granted instead of being grateful. When I, when somebody's pops in my head, I'll tell my husband, I've got to text so-and-so, is everything okay? I said, I think everything's all right, but I'm just going to check in with them. And sure enough, it was, oh yeah, I've got a new project or something's going on or maybe not so great. But there's reasons why people's pop into your head. Check in on them. You know, in 2004, I started taping my telephone conversations with my folks. I read an article in the newspaper that said in three generations were forgotten about. My brother has five children. I have no human children. I have 17 fur babies. And I didn't want my parents to be forgotten. I wanted my nieces and nephews to know who my parents were. So I wanted them to hear their stories in their words, not me telling them about my mom and dad. So I began interviewing them and asking questions. And I've been sharing this with a lot of friends and clients. Do this with your elderly parents. Then that way you've got these stories and you're spending that quality time that you shoulda, woulda, could have done and didn't do. And that's part of the Lemuria. It's about being compassionate and understanding and loving and sharing the aloha. That is such good guidance as someone that wishes I had done that because I haven't had my folks now for like 20 years. I lost them very young. Just the sound of their laughter, the sound of their voice, taping them is a fabulous idea. We use technology for all kinds of silly stuff. Let's use it for what really matters and capture those moments. I have friends that still play their voicemails from from deceased loved ones because they have their voice on tape and just how special that is. So thank you for sharing that. Crystal, we're running out of time already here. So I want to make sure I get in some important stuff. Thank you so much for taking time to visit with us. Do you have anything coming up you want to let people know about? Well, I am. If they'll go to the website, alohacrystal.com, I am running what's called what I'm calling the 2525 Mahalo special. Mahalo is the Hawaiian word for thank you. And if you go to the website, because I'm not, this is not a pitch fest, just go to the website and check it out. But I'm giving a discount for bodywork sessions, and I'm also donating a portion of that to the Fisher House. Also, I've got some new branding up and new programs coming up. November 18th, I'm going to be doing a new coaching program. It's a group coaching program, Manifesting Your Soulmate. It's called You Get What You Play For. And I'm super excited about that. Um, My husband always says, you get what you play for. And so what are you playing for? You know, and a lot of that comes back to these mood teachings of gratitude, manifesting, raising your vibration. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. And then I've got 
some guided meditations that I'm working on now that are going to be on the website that are complimentary, some Lemuria fifth dimension guided meditations that I am working on that I'm super excited about. Go to my calendar of events on alohacrystal.com and I've got a lot of stuff coming up since my dad and my mom are doing much better. I've, I'm back to my normal. Yay. That's wonderful. You've shared so much wisdom with us today and we appreciate you very much. I like to wrap things up by asking if you have a parting thought you'd like to leave listeners with. I would like everyone to do this exercise whenever they're feeling lonely. I have found that when I do this, it brings me such gratitude. But just take a moment and you may not be from Hawaii, may have never been, may have been never liked and didn't like it. That's okay. But I just want to share this piece of wisdom with you. If you will take the time and say the word aloha, nice, slow, and from your diaphragm. When you do that, you will feel that from the beginning of the time to now, just all that love from your family and your ancestors and your spirit guides and working with Keokua. It's one of the most amazing exercises that I do for myself. And I just wanted to share with you guys. And when you go to Hawaii and hear people go, Aloha, feel that, you know, they're sharing a big part of themselves with you. And that's part of you is that Aloha. Beautiful. Well, mahalo, Crystal. Mahalo, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. The pleasure has been all mine. I've really enjoyed it. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.